Lily Riddle Narcotics Emporium presents Lily and the Art of Being Sisyphus by the Carnivorous Muffin read by San Gabriel based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 11 A Train to Somewhere I hate this place already. Lily was becoming less and less enthused with the idea of attending Hogwarts the more she'd heard about the place. First there'd been the frankly obnoxious visit to Diagon Alley with Snape, and from there it had just gotten worse. She'd returned to Riddle Link before leaving for Scotland to let the employees know that she'd be reachable at Hogwarts, even though Lily Riddle was known for taking vacations without means of contacting her, Lily didn't feel like not working just to go to Hogwarts. There weren't too many who worked for her full-time, seven who were really dedicated, and a few others who were more consultants or specialists who'd be called in on an as-needed basis. Generally, on any given day, there'd be two or three lurking around along with Frank, and so it took a little organization on Lily's part, and therefore on Frank the secretary's part, as she dumped the workload onto him. He seemed strangely resigned to it at this point. So here she was, standing on top of a soapbox, addressing a group of pale-faced, crimson-eyed, and all-around shady-looking young men who looked at her with varying degrees of attentiveness. No one was not paying attention. Lily Riddle had something of a reputation even among her workers, so while some might not be looking at her with the intensity of Wizard Lennon, they were still watching closely. So I recently come to the decision to attend Hogwarts, and from what I can understand, operating from Hogwarts is next to impossible. I'll be reachable by owl or post or whatever, and I may be able to come in on weekends, but it probably won't be regular. She said all this with a sigh, but she'd said she'd go, not only to Wizard Lennon and Death, but also to Snape, so she figured she'd be held somewhat accountable if she just didn't bother showing up. Also, the last time she'd considered it, Wizard Lennon had dutifully reminded her that not attending Hogwarts was just asking for Dumbledore to come to the house and attempt to rewire her brain, and that was not acceptable. There were a few moments of silence where they just stared at her in varying degrees of shock, even from some of the more stone-faced men. Finally, one of them, one of the more recent, and as far as Lily could tell, naive employees named Friedrich spoke up. Does she normally go to a wizarding school? Frank seemed to shake him out of his stupor. No, not that I've ever heard of. She actually had a rather low opinion of wizarding schools. He eyed her with speculation, looking for a moment like Wizard Lennon working on a puzzle. Lily, I remember you inviting us to a... Muggle talent show a few years back when you were answered under the name of Eleanor Potter? Is Eleanor Potter, savior of the English wizards, you? Oh, well, yeah, Lily said. She'd been surprised no one had brought it up after the whole rabbit show. She'd gotten some weird looks from everyone, but no one had said anything. Frank was the first person to even say anything about it. She just thought they'd all forgotten about it, which was fairly reasonable. Other than procuring rabbit from nothingness, it hadn't had too big of an impact. It was interesting seeing horror on a vampire's face as the implications of Lily Riddle as Wizard Britain's saviors set in. It seemed they lost the capability of speech collectively for a moment, and then Frank was grinning. I guess this means I win the bet. The spell seemed to be broken, and there was groaning en masse as well as muffled curses. One of the other vampires, Fawn, who had the air of hired muscle and general badassery, stood in the air. God damn it, you sneaky bastard! She probably told you herself! Well, it was hardly difficult to figure out. She left a note saying the Dark Lord would be conveniently disposed of in 1981. What were the chances that it was done by an infant, rather than Lily Riddle herself? If there ever would be a wizarding messiah, then it would be Lily Riddle. Frank looked absurdly pleased with himself, pulling out an old leather notebook and flipping through it until he found the entry he wanted. He never looked more the secretary to Lily than in that moment. 
Now, let's see. I have it written here that you had your quite substantial bet riding on spontaneous combustion being the cause of Tom Riddle's unfortunate demise. Friedrich and Claude are down for Eleanor Potter being unrelated to Lily Riddle completely and yet still somehow destroying the Dark Lord. And while there's all these other explanations I'm sure you remember, I really do like the Elvis one, by the way, even though it's completely incorrect. So the way I see it, seems I've managed to win the entire thing. And no one agreed with me. How sad for all of you. You shut your whip, piece of shit, Frank! In the following eruption of arguing in various languages, most of which weren't English, and vulgarities accompanied by various objects thrown at the cheerfully smiling Frank, Lily felt hopelessly confused. She got that it was a big deal that she was Lily Riddle, or rather that Eleanor Potter was secretly Lily Riddle, but sometimes she thought everyone was taking it a bit too seriously. After she and Snape had visited Gringotts, the bank had been closed the next day. The news had been all over the Daily Prophet, as the goblins decided to address what they thought of as a national emergency. But at least it made more sense than whatever this was. She had expected Wizard Lennon to give some sort of explanation for the behavior, but judging by her increasing migraine, he was too upset to think properly. They made a betting pool. They made a betting pool off of my demise. If he hadn't been so wary of picking fights with Lily Riddle or benefiting off of her establishments, he probably would be egging her on to slaughter all of them. As it was, he just pictured their heads exploding. Um, that's great. What's going on? Lily asked, to which they all turned toward her as if they just remembered she was still in the room. It was the awkward, baby-faced German who had asked the question earlier, who again took the lead in explaining things. Well, you see... You left us a note saying that in 1981, the Dark Lord would disappear, but you never said how. With the whole Eleanor Potter thing, we weren't quite sure that it was a legitimate explanation. Some of us, anyway. So we decided to make a betting pool for how it really turned out, and I guess Frank won. Yes, yes I did, Frank said, and Lily felt it might have been her vision, but there seems to be this aura of happiness surrounding the man, as if everything he had ever said or done in his life was justified. Still, why the decision to go to Hogwarts? From what I remember, you said it would be a complete waste of your time, and that all it really would accomplish was increasing the unsuccessful assassination attempts against you. She expected it to be a waste of her time. She didn't expect there to be assassination attempts. Wait, what? Frank shrugged and offered a very brief explanation, which didn't really explain anything. Well, it is filled with wizards. Lily Riddle would expect assassination attempts at a school. However, I'm sure we can accept her view as somewhat biased. Believe me. Hogwarts isn't the complete waste of time you're making it out to be, and it's not exactly crawling with murderers and fiends, Wizard Lennon finally grumbled, having calmed down enough to hold a conversation, although he still seemed grossly insulted by the existence of the betting pool. She didn't see why he was so upset. By the time they had made it, he had already been burned to cinders by his own green death lasers anyway. Don't bring it up. Lily thought about that for a moment, but noticed a rather large contradiction in his reasoning. Didn't you go to Hogwarts? That's not the point, he said shortly, not quite failing to connect the dots, but not looking into it further either. And doesn't Snape, who snuck into my bedroom and worked for you chopping people into tiny bits, also back at Hogwarts? So there are a lot of murderers and fiends there. If you never go to Hogwarts, then we never get to chop Severus Snape into tiny bits. More importantly, if you don't go, then I don't get to chop Severus Snape into tiny bits. Judging by the rapid increase in her headache, Wizard Lennon was dead set on Hogwarts and making Severus Snape miserable. Though he decided it would be less painful to just to go to the glitch school and let Wizard Lennon feel like he was getting his way. That's okay. Death really isn't that much of a problem for me anyway. Besides, it's just one of those things you have to do for no reason, you know? 
Lily said with a sigh and a slight wave to her dumbfounded audience. Anyway, I'll be back later. Keep up the good work. So that was how Lily eventually found herself standing in front of a brick wall between platforms 9 and 10 at King's Cross Station. Being there in that bustling and crowded station, it seemed so wrong and bereft of death. When she had arrived, all she could do was stare at the place, walk through it silently, and think how surreal it seemed that this place could exist in the physical world. Even Wizard Lennon, who normally despised such sentimentality, agreed that the place was haunting, and that in every shadow they expected to see death's tall and dark form waiting for them. "'So I just run through the wall, then, and that's platform nine and three quarters?' Lily asked as she looked down at her letter to confirm that it was the fractional platform rather than platform ten or even nine. She was wondering why wizards even bothered with trains when they could just teleport to the school. Wizard Lennon said it had something to do with tradition, as well as some other arguments she hadn't really bothered listening to. Unfortunately, it seemed like taking the train was a requirement of going, at least for Ellie Potter, so she'd made her way to King's Cross earlier that morning, pushing along her oversized trunk that held the most ridiculous objects imaginable so that she could go to wizard school. Rabbit was perched on top of her head, looking forward unblinkingly like some dread hat. That had gotten a few stares, but she wasn't about to leave the being from the netherworld at the Dursleys without supervision. She had a theory that when not observed, Rabbit transformed back into his basic natural form that was never to be witnessed by sentient eyes. She'd never caught him in the act, but sometimes things would go missing, and Rabbit would stare unblinkingly at the scene of the crime. That's how it was done when I was a schoolboy. I realize it seems ridiculous, but it's just best to get these things over with. Wissowinen said with the equivalent of a mental shrug. Lily frowned at the brick wall, thinking that it would be just like Wizard Lennon to have her run into a real brick wall at full speed. Wizard Lennon was vaguely entertained by that notion, which was not at all a good sign. Are you all right, dearie? Lily turns to look over her shoulders, seeing what could only be described as a gaggle of gingers. Being redheaded herself, Lily was used to sticking out in a crowd, but to see so many at once was almost blinding, sort of like being confronted by all of Riddle Incorporated in one room, or all of Mrs. Fig's cats. A middle-aged woman and five children, two of them appearing to be identical to each other, stared at her, each with slightly different expressions on their faces. A herd of children poor as dirt, red hair they must be Weasleys, was the stated, not quite with disdain, but about as much disinterest as he gave anyone in the mortal plane. Um, yeah, is this brick wall really the entrance to Platform 9 and 3 quarters? Lily asked with a small, hesitant grin. Muggle-born, dearie? They really should explain that in the letter, the woman said, her concerned expression shifting into something tender, although she still looked a little dumbfounded by Rabbit's presence. That's right, that. All you have to do is run through the wall. And don't think of an elephant, one of the identical ones, either the facsimile or the original she couldn't tell on sight, said with a grin. But now that you've said that, I have to think of an elephant. Of course, it's not a real elephant, but rather the idea or image of an elephant, so perhaps that doesn't quite count. Will the gate bar me entrance if I don't think an elephant into existence? Lily asked, somewhat confused as to why an elephant would bar admission through the gate. Maybe glitch manipulators, as pathetic as they were at manipulating glitches, were deathly afraid of elephants and the chaos they could cause. It's a bad attempt at humor. You can think of an elephant as much as you want, but please don't. I live in here, and I prefer it when there's something vaguely interesting going on. Elephants aren't one of those things, Wizard Lennon sighed. Clearly he didn't find Doppelganger number one to be all that funny. For living in her brain and deriving entertainment at watching others, he had rather high standards for things like humor and fashion. Meanwhile, they were all blinking and staring at her. 
The youngest boy's mouth hung up in a little. Blimey! Wasn't expecting that, Forge, Doppelganger Number 1 said with a somewhat stunned expression on his face. You can say that again, Grit, Doppelganger Number 2 countered with an identical expression. On her head, Rabbit twitched slightly. An omen whose meaning Lily had never quite discovered over the past three years of his existence in the physical plane. You can think of an elephant as much as you want, dearie, the woman said with a somewhat strained expression, proudly on the verge of asking how old Lily was. Although adults asked that less and less as she grew older. Apparently it wasn't quite as alarming to see an eleven-year-old talking the way she did as compared to a five-year-old. Oh, goody, goody. Are you all going first, then, or should I? She said, motioning to the brick wall with a smile. Why don't you give it a go? The woman said, motioning for her to go on ahead. A running start later, and Lily found herself in a very familiar setting. Death's train lingering in the station, the very same train she had seen six years ago that had changed her life forever. Among the crowds of people, she walked a little away from the entrance so as to not be run over, but couldn't tear her eyes from it. The train, Death's train. She hadn't realized she'd be taking that train to Hogwarts. It looked strangely beautiful. Soon enough, though, the family behind her was all through the barrier, the little girl clinging to the mother, the two doppelgangers grinning at each other and trying to keep up their mirror image routine, and the boy looking very eager at the side of the train. "'It's always exciting the first time,' the mother said. "'I'm Molly Weasley, by the way, and these are my children, Percy, Fred, George, Ron, and Jenny,' she motioned to each of the children in turn. "'Ron here is your age. His first year at Hogwarts. He can sit next to you in the train.' Jenny will be going to Hogwarts next year. At this, the boy beamed, and the girl looked very depressed, although why she would look depressed about not going to Hogwarts was beyond Lily. As far as Lily could tell, not going to Hogwarts was far superior than actually going to Hogwarts. And there was some other conversation there that Lily didn't really pay attention to, still distracted by the sight of the train. And slowly but surely, the others drifted away until it was just Lily and the youngest boy in a compartment of the train. Even when on board, all she could do was stare at her surroundings in awe, thinking that she was truly on the train, seeing the inside of it, and taking it to elsewhere. I'm Ron. I mean, I think my mum introduced me sort of, but I never got to hear your name. The eagerness he had to talk with her was more than a little strange, as if he was very excited by the prospect of friendship. All the children she knew, by the time they became interesting enough to hold conversations with, had been convinced for years that she was Dudley's crazy freak cousin— she hadn't minded. She'd never had any real interest in children her age. But all the same, she'd wondered what that vaunted friendship was really like. Even Wizard Lennon said he had once had a friend. She held out her hands to shake his. Ali Potter. Wizard Lennon had stated, and she agreed, that the world would be simpler if she simply introduced herself as Eleanor Potter, even if Ellie Potter was more of a role to play than anything else. Sitting in her own mind as she slept, he had looked strangely distant as he had said it staring out with pale eyes into the horizon. They never understand the need to transform or change. They wouldn't grasp why Ellie wasn't good enough, or why it wasn't even a name to begin with. At her name, Ron's eyes became wide, then his mouth opened. Core! Are you really Ellie Potter? What's a core? Ellie asked Wizard Lennon in her head. I have no idea, nor do I care. Hey, do you have the scar? From, you know, when, when you know who? He didn't finish, but Ellie knew what he meant. She shifted Rabbit slightly on her head and lifted red curls to reveal the lightning bolt. You mean this thing? Lily asked. She never really looked at it too often herself, other than being Wizard Lennon's land of residence and the source of her migraines, it wasn't all that useful. 
She felt a bit like a thing on display, and Wizard Lennon didn't appreciate Braun's words much more than she did. He was always a bit unhappy whenever anyone brought up that night he wound up in her brain. Wow, do you, do you remember anything from it? he asked, looking thoroughly awed by her presence. There were certain things Lily couldn't remember. When she was very young, things got fuzzy. She wasn't entirely sure she was capable of thought back then. Her earliest distinct memories of being Ellie Potter before Lily Potter was around when she was three, but before then there were only impressions. Not really, it's all kind of a blur back then. I suppose that's what happens when your sentience is still in development. Of course, Wizard Lennon remembered exactly what had happened, but she had a feeling that wasn't exactly what Ron had meant. Oh, right, Ron said, looking a bit thrown off. I guess that's a good thing, then. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's good, bad, or purely neutral. It is an irrefutable statement of reality, and you can take it or leave it as you will, Lily stated as she began unpacking the trunk and inspecting the various textbooks she'd been forced to buy. Rabbit was still perched precariously on her head, never slipping, in spite of the fact that she was almost falling into the trunk. Wizard Leonard had thrown in his own recommendation of books. Those were vaguely interesting, but they all seemed rather useless and inaccurate. Wizard, she decided, really knew nothing about manipulating glitches, and it was kind of sad. "'Oh, yeah, I guess,' Ron said, staring at her as she flipped through the books one by one, trying to see if she missed anything interesting, which it didn't seem like it, so far, even with her scribbled notes in each of the pages. "'So what's your rabbit's name?' Ron said, clearly attempting to regain her attention and shift them to a different topic of conversation. Lily looked up from the text, taking in his somewhat confused expression." then decided that she wasn't gaining anything out of analyzing him, so she went back to reading. Rabbit. Of course, Rabbit isn't really a rabbit. He's a creature from beyond the abyss who has been coerced into rabbit form. In truth, I have no idea what he is, or what his original form looks like. I think it would be a very bad idea to find out, Lily said with a grin, causing Ron to pale and look at Rabbit in his unblinking dark eyes, and then back to Lily. Lily, I do believe you're traumatizing Paul Weasley before he even reaches the castle. As entertaining as it is to set you loose on the unsuspecting masses, do try to keep yourself in check. If you terrify them into submission now, what fun will you have later? Was a woman said, and she could almost feel the cold, shark-like grin on his features, the scent of blood heavy in the water. He was enjoying himself far too much to make her comfortable. Right, Ron said after regaining some speech. That's some... well... He trailed off and appeared to decide that he didn't believe her which was unwise considering it was Rabbit, but perhaps it was better for his psyche not to know about the things that went bump in the night. Other rat. Well, he used to be Percy's. His name is Scabbers. Ron motions to the fat and diseased-looking rat he had brought with him, which was currently munching on candies that had spilled out onto the seat. They watched him eat for a little while, and Ron clearly felt the need to justify. He's pretty much useless. I see. Lily really did see. The rat did look singularly useless. Rabbit didn't exactly do much in his rabbit form, but he was miles ahead of Scabbers. Lily was beginning to think her original opinion of children being boring was correct. No matter how death felt about it, these wizarding pseudo-glitch-manipulating children weren't that different from their normal counterparts. Ron did seem determined, though. He brought out his wand. My brothers, you met them earlier. Fred and George said that there's a spell to turn him yellow. You want to see it? Lily looked at the rat. She didn't think turning him yellow would make him less useless, but she shrugged. Sure, yellow's a good color. Just before he started the yellowing process, the door opened, revealing a pudgy, shy-looking boy and an overbearing, bushy-haired girl. Hi, we're looking for Devil's Toad Trevor, and... How are you doing magic? 
The girl apparently took that as an invitation to enter the compartment, and immediately sat down next to Lily, pulling the boy, Neville, with her. Something about the name Neville sparked immediate interest in Wizard Lennon. Though they found him focused singularly on the boy, taking in his features and attributes, and dissecting them for further analysis. Wizard Lennon thought something was very important about Neville, but he wasn't sharing the details. I'm Amani Granger, by the way. I was very excited when I got my Hogwarts letter. I never known about magic before all this. I've been practicing spells, though. They've all worked for me so far. And I've been reading all the textbooks, too, so I won't be behind. The girl prattled like a steamroller, and for a moment Lily wondered if that was what she sounded like. Multiply that by ten, and you come closer. If she's a steamroller, you're a hurricane. You're a bit out of this girl's league, Lily, was a planning cut in. But it was distracted. His mind was still unnaturally focused on the boy. Right, well, I guess it's time for the spell, then, Lily said, not bothering to introduce her and Ron, since Hermione's eyes seemed so focused on the wand. Neville was looking out of the compartment, probably thinking about finding Trevor the missing toad, but was too shy to point out to his new friend that he'd rather be doing that instead. Ron said a little rhyme, swishing his wand at the rat, and then nothing happened. It was all rather anticlimactic. I'm going to a glitch school for this. Don't be daft. That wasn't actually a spell. His brothers most likely made it up so he could have this exact moment of humiliation, Wizard Lemon said. Most people aren't like you, Lily. They need spells and a wand to do magic. To them, it is not simply will and perspective that brings thought into reality. It was an inconceivable idea to be so crippled at to depend on a stick and gibberish these people were so limited. Ron grinned awkwardly up at his audience. Um, I guess it didn't work. Are you sure that was a spell? It doesn't seem like a very good one, Hermione said with a huff, which was rather funny in Lily's opinion, since all these spells seemed a bit like the instant ramen of glitches. You seemed to pay for what you got. He shouldn't need a spell. The universe hardly splinters at the threat of language hurled against it. You just didn't want it to turn yellow badly enough, which is fine because Scabbers looks a bit alarmed at the whole idea of changing color anyway. Lily said with a shrug, pointing out the twitching rat on the pile of candy. Glitches are not controlled by such pesky human ideas like words. That would be dumb. They stared at her with varying degrees of disbelief. Ron seemed to be getting a handle on her language, but wasn't quite sure whether to decide if he liked it or not. Neville looked vaguely confused, and Hermione looked offended and confused in the same moment. I've never heard that written anywhere in any of the books, and I've read all of the ones we've been given so far, Hermione said, unusually affronted for someone who just learned about glitches. And then she seemed to realize that neither Ron nor Lily had introduced themselves. I'm sorry, I never learned your names. Ron Weasley, Ron said with a little bit of a sneer, put off by the girl's insulting of his not spell and the whole issue of his possible glitch impotence. Ali Potter, Lily said, and on cue both the girls and the other boys' eyes lit up and they stared at her. She was wondering if she was going to have to start getting used to that expression. It was a little better than that's nice, dear, but not much. "'Willie,' the girl said, "'you're in books, you know, like Rise and Full of the Dark Arts. I heard you on the train, but I didn't know if I get to meet you. They say all sorts of things about you defeating you-know-who.' "'I'm told the death of Lord Hindenburg is rather infamous. I'd rather not talk about it, though it always gives me a headache.' That, and Wizard Lennon didn't seem thrilled with the prospect of children casually speaking of his demise. "'Lord Hindenburg?' Hermione asked, looking a bit confused, to which Lily nodded. Well, he is the French Lord of Airplane Disasters, and since everyone seems to get so silly about the non-translated version, I just go with English. There was nothing that could clear a crowd and cut conversation like shouting the word Voldemort in public wizarding spaces. Whenever she needed to get in a gringotts on any particularly busy day, it always seems to do the trick. 
However, for normal conversation, it was considered fairly taboo. The three of them blinked at her then, the two boys looking hopelessly lost, the girl slightly less so, but still somewhat confused. Finally, the girl seemed to snap out of it. Right, what did you mean about spells? Everything I've read says you're dead wrong. That's because everything you've read is dead wrong, they said with a sigh. Believe me, I've read it too. These people have no idea what manipulating glitches is all about. Manipulating glitches? Well, the substance of the universe is falling apart. That's why magic exists. It's a glitch. Lovely said with a shrug. She didn't really get why no one believed that. Not even Wizard Lennon, who had seen all the signs along with her. Hermione seems to take this as a personal attack. The universe is not... What did you even hear this stuff? Did you just make it all up? Well, no one ever told it to me, so I'd suppose in a manner of speaking, Lily said, which, strangely enough, seemed to outrage the girl even more. She was turning red, her anger a physical symptom now, her buck teeth grinding as the boy next to her looked slightly concerned. Finally, the boy said, Look, I'm going to continue looking for Trevor, so... The girl stood dramatically with him. That's right, we've got to go look for Trevor. Sorry, Neville, I forgot all about him for a moment. I'm just so... Everything you've said is wrong, were her parting words to Lily, and with that the pair of them strode at the door. Well, that was weird, Ron summarized. Agreed. Wizard Lennon had a different take on the whole thing. His eye was still trained on Neville, who was keeping pace with Hermione as they knocked at the next compartment. Keep an eye on that boy looking for the toad, Neville Longbottom. He may prove important later. Lily had barely even noticed him in the girl's overbearing presence, but if Wizard Lennon said so, who was she to disagree? Wizard Lennon had that quiet, dangerous intensity the kind he got when he was truly thinking, where his eyes seemed frozen over and so very sharp. Lily turned her attention back to Ron. If you really want him yellow, he cut her off. No, that's okay. Thanks, though, for all that. By that, he promptly meant offending away the overbearing girl Hermione, which hadn't necessarily been intentional, but wasn't a complete disappointment. They sat in silence for a few moments before Ron thought of a question. Did you really mean all that about the universe and magic and... glitches? She prompted for him. Yeah, those, Ron said, nodding. I generally say what I mean, and it's hard enough to communicate as it is. If I started lying, well, there'd be no getting anywhere with anyone. Still, Ron, Ragnarok is a process that takes millennia, so the end is hardly the end, Ellie explained with a shrug. Flipping through her book with a frown, noted the fact that there was really nothing interesting in them at all. Ron looked at her as if he didn't quite believe her, but was willing to go along with her for the moment anyway. She was used to that look by now. Even from those close to her like Death and Wizard Lennon, it still was rather disheartening to see it. Before the next silence lasted too long, the door opened again to reveal some punk who was trying to steal Lily Riddle's style. At least that's what she assumed as the small, silver-haired boy stood in the doorway, attempting to be menacing, with two overgrown boys standing behind him. He lacked the sense of danger, though, to make it work. Instead, he just looked kind of ridiculous. His two apparent minions were interesting, though. Taking a closer look at them, they seemed to be flat representations of humanity, as if they weren't quite real. Replications, those were true golems at work. And everyone had said it couldn't be done. Now that's just crap and goyle. They've been serving the Malfoy family as goons for generations now, and they are unfortunately quite human. Wizard Lennon cut in before she could get her hopes up and the plans to get Wizard Lennon out of her head and into the real world. Lily was unconvinced, staring at them they seemed to be robot minions who have been highly developed to loom menacingly behind the white-haired boy. Judging by their expressions, this seems to be the most reasonable explanation. It is not the most reasonable explanation. I heard Ellie Potter was on this train. 
the boy drawled, with his robot minions looming behind to add to the effect, and I thought I'd come and see where she'd gotten off to. Hi, Lily said with a half-hearted wave, wondering just how these people kept finding and hearing about her. Wizard Lennon had told her to expect it, but Ellie Potter in her own way was more infamous than Lily Riddle. But without the terror that accompanied being a drunk lord, people became ten times more obnoxious. What are you doing here, Malfoy? Ron started without introduction, looking angry at the mere thought of the wannabe pimp's mere presence. Red hair and no manners. You must be a Weasley, Malfoy sniffed at Ron, also seemingly offended by his very presence and then directing his gaze at Lily, but then seemed caught by the fact that Rabbit was perched on her head. He stared at it for a few moments before looking down at her and attempting to remember his place in his speech. Surely you can't be impressed with Weasley's company, Potter. And why is there a rabbit on your head? A rabbit? Well, he's not really a rabbit. He's a being from the outer abyss that probably lives off a diet of souls. He doesn't really eat anything physical, and has chosen to take the form of a rabbit when I summoned him into this realm. As for why he's on my head, I think he likes it. It's also best to keep tabs on him, as when unobserved, he most likely reverts back to his natural state. His natural state is bad. Also, while we're doing the whole talking thing, can I ask you where you've got the robot minions? I've been trying to build golems and all robots for ages, and while yours are not quite up to my par of realism, they're very good. The three stared at her for a few moments, the blonde at a seeming loss for words, his robot minions incapable of speech as it hadn't been programmed, and Rom was looking at her with something resembling awe, as if he were just growing to appreciate her presence. Well, you would have to be as mad as a hat to sit with a Weasley. Clearly the killing curse handled your brains. You'd better hope insanity doesn't run in families, Weasley, and your children would be known for more than just being blood traitors, the boy scoffed. Come on, Crab, Goyle. With that, the trio left from whence they came, back into the bowels of the train. Lily, for her own part, was wondering where these random wandering eleven-year-olds kept coming from, seeking out the holy grail that was Ellie Potter. You know, for someone trying to look like a pimp, he has a lot to learn. That was not a good recruitment pitch, Lily said, because... Really, it was like he had barely even been trying. Ron laughed at the statement, a startled sound, as if he hadn't quite expected it himself. Ellie, you're really not that bad. Or crazy, Ron said with a grin, as if relieved to come to the conclusion on the question of her sanity. I'm planning on getting into Gryffindor. It's the best house. Maybe you can, too. And then we can be at the same house. Maybe, she said, a little dazed at his expression. So this was friendship, she thought and almost unwillingly she smiled slightly back at him. For the full text of this and other stories by the same author, visit the AO3 page of The Carnivorous Muffin. Intro music licensed from Pond 5. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.